0: Hello, and welcome to the Michael michaelcrain.live podcast. The podcast is about entrepreneurship and tips for staying highly motivated to make a positive change in your life. Keep listening and follow the podcast to stay connected with the community at michaelcrain.live. So get comfy and enjoy today's conversation.
1: And welcome to the michaelcrain.live podcast show. I am so, so excited to have on my show today, King James, the pastor of Favour House Church, which was established in 2017. King James is a very interesting man I've known for several years and have recently appeared on his show, Life Insights, which is a weekly YouTube channel broadcast. King James, I would say, is a very passionate, empathetic leader. Leading his church congregation through a pandemic, And this is going to be the topic of our conversation today. For the people that know me, for sure, I'm in business. King James is running a charitable organisation, the church. I think the two are so closely related when it comes to leadership. Leading people in business or leading your congregation. So, welcome, King James, and thank you so much for being on the Michael Crane.live podcast show today. Thank you Let's so much. Kick- thank you so much, Michael. Go on. Let's kick the podcast show off by asking you to share your story. Why did you? become a pastor in kent
0: well that's story that's two questions in one a pastor and then a, in kent <laughs> so, so so which one do you want me to start first
1: why did i become? why did you become a pastor what why what was your big purpose oh right king james i became a pastor because i being a pastor
0: is actually being called by god to serve him serve his purpose so I became a pastor in a simple, very short answer because God called me to. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> simple answer to that question. I became what, a pastor, what, 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 but why? In, um, and why in Kent? All right, in Kent because that's, I believe, where God wanted me to serve. I know some of this. Um, it, it, uh, the the most the best simple way to answer it because I. As a pastor, you're serving someone. You're serving uh, someone's purpose. Um, And uh, being a pastor means you are called to serve God's purpose. And then the one who you are called to serve decides what you do. That's how I see pastoral work and ministerial work. uh, um, So that's what I do. I believe God wanted me to come down in Kent, here in Canterbury, to establish a local church with a group of friends. Um, who are called in the same way. And that's what we did in 2017. Um, 1st of October, 2017, we started. And we've been doing that since then.
1: And can you tell us more about how you lead in these challenging times? And how big is your congregation? And how do you interact? Good question.
0: Um, our, Our congregation is very small. Um, we're a small congregation. We only started 2017 in a small village in Canterbury. Not actually outskirts of Canterbury. Um, it, it's called Blaine. Blyn <laughs> is a very very small village. So most times even I've spoken to people in Canterbury who actually doesn't know blaine exists. Um, so that's how small it is. So, um, and, uh, so our congregation is very small um, but our reach and impact is much more than our congregation because we didn't we we believe in using all the tools available to us to us to to reach uh, to do what god wants us to do and part of my skill set is video editing um, and i've been doing that since 2009 for i've lost count of how many years now but at least 2009 i've been editing videos Producing videos and things like that, so immediately we started the church. I straight away went into. Actually, our first service was already online. We just streamed our service immediately as we started, and um, that kind of um, based on that, we are reaching much more than the people that come to our local church here in Blaine or in Canterbury. So yeah, that's um, w- w- that's in terms of the size. I think the, the, there's a two parts to your question. I'll only answer the, in terms of the uh, size. What's the second part of the question, if you don't mind? Yeah. What was your purpose? Your big why? Oh, the big why is uh, it, it's what is what um, God said to me. Um, in terms of purpose, uh, I, I think it, the, if I answer this question, I feel it's going to move into some of the things maybe you you wanted to you you would like to ask me later. My purpose is the is what God wants me to do. In t- in terms of the sense that I want to, I, I, he wants me to help um, reach people, to um, so for his purposes. So I'm kind of answering this without going into detail of it. Maybe hopefully later we will. He, he, so my purpose is to do what he wants me to do for his own purpose. So uh, it's a very loaded w- word there, um, so, but bear with me. I'm going to explain it later. If that if you don't um, if you don't mind. Um, What I mean by that is I'm called to serve people and I'm called to serve people so that they will know Christ Jesus. So what is God's purpose? God's purpose is that we all become like his son, Jesus Christ. Okay, so my purpose then is taken from God's own purpose, if that makes any sense to anyone.
1: Yeah, I'm really interested with, uh, you mentioned a while ago, how you have a small congregation right now, Mm -hmm. but your reach is so much larger by your video skills, your video editing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that, but I'm fascinated by how far you think you can reach with your message, your purpose, and your intention And it all comes down to your leadership style. So can you tell us more about that?
0: My leadership style is servanthood. I believe that's the only leadership style Jesus left us to do. Um, He did teach us that clearly. He um, told us if you want to be a leader, you want to be the first, you'll be last. Um, Kind of you become humble yourself and serve others. So my leadership style is servanthood. What that simply means is that I get down with, with my, you know, use my hands to, to serve others, use my time to serve others. Um, so with, in terms of the reach, the, it's, we can reach many people mostly because of the technology. That's, be, that's, that's the honest truth. If, for example, if I think about Jesus in the, his time, um, Jesus could only speak to those in Galilee when he was in Galilee you know, um, Paul could only speak to those in Damascus when he was in Damascus, but we now, I don't have to only speak to those in uh, in Canterbury when I have a means to speak to those in, you know, Timbuktu or whatever you want to call it, just anywhere there's internet and someone has this little lovely things called mobile phones. Um, someone basically probably is watching us now and I don't know from where, um, and they are receiving what we are getting inspired and getting blessed by what we are discussing here. And so I think it's very, very important for us to use the tools that is available for, to us to, to do whatever we believe we are called to do or, or the reasons why we exist. Um, you know, one of the things you asked, I asked it a different way. You asked them, how did we, how did I lead during pandemic? The most important thing is to be adaptive to be flexible. That's how I led. Uh, we led a Fever House Church. I prefer to use the word we um, because we a team of people. Um, we are flexible. And I think uh, anytime anyone is not flexible, they're going to struggle in life because one thing that is permanent is change. Um, and if change is permanent in life, then we need to be flexible to adapt to change. Um, when I think about, Industries, companies, churches that haven't been adaptive, that haven't learned to adapt to change with time, they end up being extinct. Um, and I don't think we should be that way, especially if I, if I must say, especially Christians. Christians should not be um, stuck. Should not be stuck in their own ways and 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 own. You know, sometimes you find people holding on to tradition, some tradition that does not work in the modern times. And I mean traditions. I'm not talking about principles. Principles can always outlive time. Um, for example, the principle of loving people. You can always love people even if 300 years from now, you know, that's a principle. That's different. But how you love people uh, is uh, how, you, how you do it can change you know um for example during the lockdown we couldn't love people the way we wanted to love people before before we could go to people's homes and hug on them and you know lay hands on them and pray for them give you know give them physical things that they could receive from us hand from you know bring people to the church give them teas coffees and things like that we couldn't do it during the lockdown But you don't shut down your church and say, okay, hang on a minute, the government has shut us down, so there's no way we can love people anymore. No, you can still find other ways of loving them by calling them on the phone. So I stayed in touch with people um, personally. Stayed in touch with everyone in our church as much as I can. But also I led other leaders or inspired other leaders to do so, um, to keep in touch with people, call them on the phone, check out how they're doing. also, we used our resources as well as much as we can as is, even though we 're a small church to be a blessing to people. We knew some people were losing jobs, um, some people were being followed, and things like that. so we did uh, as a trustee board decide we 're going to create a post for for that for to help those who are struggling financially, and also called people on the phone if you need finance financial help with your rent and things like that. Do give us a bell. Give us a shout. We have money kept on the side for the church people to be supported. Um, but luckily for us, I don't, say, I don't want to say luckily, fortunately for us, God was gracious to us that no one actually, most people actually got promoted in our church during, during this um, period. Um, but we did make provision for those kind of things. Um, and again, this is how you love on people, even though you are not being allowed to do it did the initial way you used to do. So being flexible and being adaptive is how you lead during change, times of change.
1: Thank you. I very much commend your very giving, caring nature in how you're reaching out to your community during these very, very troubled times. And I would say... Times that we saw only or as long as a hundred years ago when the Spanish flu pandemic was on us. But I want to ask you, with your message that you've been putting to your community and to the global congregation that you're reaching out to, what has been your feedback? What has been your 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 messages that you've been getting back from the people that have been listening to your words of wisdom
0: well uh, uh, you know once you go into the world of internet you have all kinds of feedback (laughs) because you're reaching all kinds of people and so um there is excuse me there is good positive feedbacks from those who want to listen to what you want to what you're saying um, you will get those who say to you, wow, thank you. This message has blessed my life. Thank you guys for what you're doing. It's not just myself anyway. But like I say, we are, have other leaders who lead worship, who lead different things in, in a church circle. Um, and those things are blessing to people. But let's be honest, you also, as long as you, you open, you're doing something out there for everyone to, to be a blessing, to reach uh, more people, you also have the, the likes who tell you what on earth are you talking about. Um, <laughs> I, te- I I receive all of them for personally speaking i i, I, I let me say i don 't know if it is in line with your question, but i I think we're in a world right now that people don 't like to receive all kinds of only want to hear what they want to hear um, i personally i 'm going to speak for myself here I personally like to listen to both sides of the argument i don 't know why, but I enjoy it and sometimes I tell people. When it comes to election, I listen to both parties. I'm not the type that just listens to the party or the leader that I think I should vote for. I listen to this leader and I listen to the other leader. I like to make up my own mind for myself. And maybe that's my personality. And based on that, so the kind of feedbacks I will get, even if it's critical feedback, I read all of it. I read also the critical feedback. It doesn't faze me. Um, So yeah, the feedback... Has been good, very, very good. But every now and then, you get those odd ones that that think you should go and sit down and shut up.
1: And what does how does that make you feel, King James? When you when you when you get that feedback, does it help you change and become better, or does it make you become more reflective? It if it is if it is if it is um, if the person.
0: Also has a good point, and that's why I listen to all feedback. If the person makes a good point, even though they're being very critical, I'll listen to it. For example, there's a message I teach a thought on, um, and some, one guy gave me a feedback. Generally, he did criticize me, but also he did make some good points. For example, he said, "He said I, I, well, good message, but lots of repeating. You kept on repeating yourself, and da 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 da.' So, so it was critical." But I listened to him, and I listened to the message. I did repeat myself. So, <laughs> so I had to learn from that. So there is a difference when people criticize you. You need to learn from it as long as they are making a point and what they're saying is truth. Truth. Sometimes people don't like truth anymore. Um, sometimes when you say something that seems negative, even if it's negative but it's truth, we should receive it. I've noticed, I've, some, I've seen people who don't like truth anymore just because it's negative. Um, for example, if, if I shave off my hair, my hair is bald, and someone says, <laughs> he's bald, he's just said the truth. It might be negative, but at least he just said the truth. So I shouldn't, as much as I be not happy with the fact that he has a negative spin to it, I should also still be able to say, that hurt but it is true, okay? But I notice sometimes people don't even like the aspect that it that they just focus on the fact that it's negative. And because it's negative, has a negative spin, they want to now throw away the baby and the bathwater. So they want to throw away the truth that should also be received from that. So like I said, the guy that criticized me and said I did repeat myself quite a lot was saying the truth with a negative spin. And so I took what was good from it, which is the truth, and truth is always absolute. I, I, I teach a message on this. I said, As truth is absolute. You can't change truth. You can't make it up. If I was repeating myself, I was repeating myself. That's the truth. Um, so I took lessons from that. I'm trying to improve. I haven't perfected it. You can hear me even now in this podcast, repeating myself.
1: <laughs> you know, leadership is a learned behavior. Throughout my experience in business, there's a very, very few people I've met that I can have have my hand on my heart and say, a great leader. Mm. Leadership is the ability to take the lessons and apply change. What's your view on that, King James? If if you're not
0: teachable, you, you won't go far. And and that's what it's all about. You cannot lead if you're not willing to learn. Or you can lead to a certain extent, but at some point you're going to be found out. Because the people you are teaching at some point are going to learn from you, and they're going to learn from other people, and they're going to surpass you. And then all of a sudden you become a stumbling block. Sadly, many leaders are that uh, end up becoming a stumbling block. And so when they're no longer learning, and the people that, they, that are following them are learning past them, then their insecurity then starts shouting and they start becoming authoritative and all kinds of things and vindictive, you know, all kinds of things you could think of. So yes, every leader should be a learner. If you're not a learner, you can lead far.
1: And leadership is not a passive action. It's a very much deliberate action repeated every single day uh, with the clear objective that you're leading an organisation, a congregation, a team within a business or anything we do and be humble enough to take the lessons as we go. Who do you think is a great ambassador, a humble leadership of modern day times?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Of modern day times. (laughs) I was hoping you didn't add that bit. I was uh, about to just jump on the Jesus wagon straight away. (laughs) (laughs) And so you added the modern day times. Um, Okay. Uh, I I have a few in my life. um, a, A few, I would say. A leader that I know is willing to learn and humble stays humble. Um, I, I've seen I've seen him in different situations, and he just adapts. He changes. He learns. He challenges himself. And uh, uh, there's there's few, but I'm going to mention one. And his name is Pastor Emmanuel Ogidiolu. Um He's in Nigeria, Nigerian pastor. He learns. He for he oh with with all his wealth of experience in what he's called to do and all of that, but he just keeps learning. He keeps challenging himself, and and that that's that is that is inspire, inspiring to me. And also, few others I've also connected with as well um, in the my, in my line of work, which is Pastor Steve Oppo. I see him adapting and changing and learning. Um, so I could say of speak, I have few in my life that I say. I see them learning and adapting and changing. Um, And that's that's the best way to lead. If you don't learn and adapt and change,
1: you're going to get stuck. And found out. You'll be found out. (laughs) So, So are you saying a great leader needs to learn and develop new skills? But how does that help you? And I'm really interested by you uh, sharing these gentlemen mm. in their ability to lead. But how have they led you in these times and it, your experience, your relationship with them?
0: For me, I learned by observation. So I observed their life. I bet probably they don't know what I've just said about them right now. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm the type that watches. i, I not... It's quite rare something goes past me. Um, I, I don't know why, but I have that sensitive... I, could, I do notice people. I notice what they do. I, I learn from what people do and what they don't do as well. So, and then I learn also what to do and what not to do by observing people. Um, so again, what I said now does not mean the people I mentioned are perfect in their lives. There are things they probably might do, and I'll be like, mm, that's not for me. So you <laughs> see so what I mean? So by just being submissive to someone, you learn both the good, the bad, and the ugly. So it, all of them is good learning. Sometimes we always just want to be around the people that we, that we always agree with. It doesn't always work like that. Sometimes you may have to be under people that you don't agree with. Um, a boss at, at, in your workplace that just goes left when you're going right. Don't always quickly, you know, checking out. Sorry, I don't mean to be harsh, but don't always quit quickly because people don't agree you, or the person leading you don't go the way you're going because there is a learning curve for you there. And you will find that that will be very, very helpful for you in the future. I've served closely people, different kinds of people. And I'll be honest with you, most times I wanted to quit, God has not allowed me to because he wants me to learn something. I in, I say now that. I say this now in hindsight. Um, but then I just, because I believe in just obeying God, I will stay on and just keep working and bury my head. I could stay there for another five years, six years, just doing the same thing. But all of those things have become wealth of wisdom, wealth of knowledge for me right now by staying there. And by staying sometimes have helped me to humble myself Um, I may have not learned being humble if I hadn't stayed in some of those situations. So
1: yeah, go on. What is their style of leadership, in your opinion? Humility. Humility is the key.
0: Humility. And that, that boils down again back to Jesus, what Jesus was talking about. To be a servant leader, you have to be humble. Sometimes people are going to ignore your... I'm not going to always give you the credit that you're due to, um, that is due to you. And are you going to start fighting for that and say claiming are right? And once you do that, you start losing that that servanthood that you, you you're supposed to have. that's that servant heart you're supposed to have. So, the one word that
1: summarizes that is humility. And are there any other qualities that complement? humility in your opinion uh, in the pastors that you make reference to a couple of minutes ago
0: okay yes there's so many others um no courage courage to to go where no one else goes as well um uh, the, the commitment as well to to whatever you believe um because sometimes you're doing those things and it doesn't always work out the way you want it to work out, but you just want to check with your heart. Is this what I'm called to do? And if this is what I'm called to do, I'm going to stick at it. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going and keep learning and keep changing, keep that adapting, but not change completely from your course of calling. So, yeah, there's many words I could add there. I would say humility. I would say integrity. I would say honesty. I would say so many other words. But I, the key one for me in terms of the people I want to follow I want to follow. I'm not
1: submit myself to humility is very important to me. How how does that align with your style of leadership, King James?
0: In every way it does um because I, it, without being humble I can't do what God is calling me to do uh, honestly. Um if I try to win my rights all the time if I'm trying to always you know get be recognized and be noticed i won 't be able to do what i 'm called to do again, my primary calling is to serve god 's people you know to love and to serve people, to help them to be like jesus i, I can 't do it unless i 'm like Jesus and Jesus was humble and meek and mild and, and, and he did that through humility, so that is very,
1: very paramount to my calling. Do you have a story? to share with our listeners today of how your leadership, your humble leadership style helped a member of your congregation? <laughs> that's, a que- that's a good question.
0: <laughs> maybe uh, maybe I need to hear more testimonies from the member of my congregation. <laughs> maybe you should ask. <laughs> Okay. The one all I know is that I don't take myself too serious. That's one thing I know for a fact. Um I I, I don't know if I don't know how to answer that question, I'll be honest with you. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: how has it helped them? I think in in many ways. Share a
1: story of someone that, that someone that you know that you've been helping, that you've been leading as a very humble pastor in your church favor house. Mm-hmm who you really think you've connected, they've stayed with you, and they, they, they look at you as if to say, King James is the person that keeps me here. <sighs> That's
0: it. Okay. I wouldn't be able to answer that. You know why? Because I'm so supposed to be the one that keeps people in my church. I teach them not to, be, to, to depend on me literally so that's why it's hard for me to answer that question my role is not to make people focus on me my role as a pastor is to make people focus on Jesus and so the good pastor turns turns people away from him a good pastor turns people away from him to focus on Jesus let them my humility is not what they're supposed to be seeing or my service is not what they're supposed to be seeing what they're supposed to get from my humility or service or anything, and also my flaws and failures and mistakes as well, because uh, let me not sound like uh, I've got it all together here. No, I haven't. Um, But I'll try my best to be authentic as much as possible. And so what they should get from all of this is God's love for them and and also inspiration that if God could use that fool, which is King James, God can also use me. (laughs) If God can use that unqualified person, to to lead a church then god can use me as well to to lead a church so i I think yeah a pastor's job is to point people to jesus not to us
1: but they follow jesus through you and if you were not the person you are they wouldn't be able to follow through your message
0: yes to and no um, if I am not who I am, it will affect, it will slow things down. If um, it, it will make it slightly difficult if they are deciding to stay with Favor House Church. But God is able to lead people to the right places. He um, it, it will just direct them to another place, direct them to or bring someone else in their life that will help them. Um, God's children, we need to trust that God's children can help them no matter what. And he is our ultimate leader, and he does that through the Holy Spirit. I know some of our listeners may not understand some of the words I'm saying <laughs> because we're on a business podcast. Um, but God leads us by his Spirit, and he lives inside of us, and that's how he primarily leads us. But having said that, our leadership as pastors are very, 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 very important.
1: King James, King James, I'm going to change the direction of the conversation now. That's good. And I want to, want to ask you, what came first, your calling or your purpose? Very good question. Um, what came,
0: comes first is purpose. Um and I need to explain this. It's very, very important to explain it. Purpose have to exist first before there's a calling. And again, let me say this in a very way that so someone listening doesn't think, who does it think he is? So this is my understanding and this is my opinion. So do bear with us, friends, if you're watching or listening to this. I'm going to explain to the best of my understanding. Um, the word purpose deals with existence, what, how things what why something exists okay if you check your dictionary i could put it up on the screen if it helps our audience but for those who are watching on youtube maybe let me just put that up on the screen um and just see maybe that could help and the word purpose for those who are watching it says this is just simple dictionary meaning it says the the reason for which something is done or created or for or for which it exists so that's purpose okay and if you look at the word Calling and the word calling is, uh, of course, we're not talking about the calling in terms of shouting at someone, we're talking about the second dictionary meaning, which is a strong urge towards a particular way of life or career or vocation. So, just think about those. Let's have those two things in mind one is the reason why something exists, and then the other is a strong urge to a certain. Career or or calling or whatever you want to call it. Okay, then let me go. So what exists first for me is purpose, because the reason why I now I do what I do existed before I was called to do that thing. If that makes any sense. Um. So I see them. I, I explain it another way. Another way to explain it for me is I see the purpose as the why. And I say my calling as the what. Okay, so the purpose is the why I do it, and my call, the calling is what I do towards the why. And so um, and so my purpose for me existed before my calling, noun. Keating, not everyone who knows their calling actually knows their purpose, okay? Because to know your purpose, they ha- it has to be beyond you. It ha- you have to know why you exist yourself. And not everyone knows the reason why they exist, even though they know they're, what their calling is. For example, if you're called to be a musician, you you know you're called to be a musician. So what you do is music. You do music. That's what you're called to do. Why? might not be that clear to you so you could actually use the same good thing that you're called to do for the wrong purpose okay so someone could be a very great mathematician and that's their calling okay that's their calling but they don't know the purpose so what they they might use that mathematical brain of theirs to fraud the government to cheat to you know to create schemes that takes away steals from the the rich or the poor, and f- benefit themselves. I don't think that's their purpose. So they're using their calling for the wrong purpose. You see what I'm saying? So purpose always exist before the calling, but not always do we know the purpose. But most people sometimes might know their calling, but not the purpose. I don't know if, I think I may have gone into deeper explanation than what you asked. Forgive me if I didn't answer that question
1: right. No, you answered it very eloquently. So thank you so much. As you were speaking, I likened this to my business career. Mm -hmm. I had a calling to business and I get that and I knew my purpose. But how do you know your calling? Okay, how do I know? That's a
0: good question. So Knowing your calling, it's two ways I'll answer th- this in two questions in two ways um the, yeah, the very first one is any anyone can can know their calling uh, and the reason is because is because um the first answer to that is by checking what you are gifted to do, what you are gifted to do is a very very simple answer look in carefully. Even if it means look, get people around you to tell you sometimes people don 't notice their giftings sorry i 'm just a bit yeah, and um, sometimes people don 't notice their giftings, but people around you might i 've seen people who are trying to be a boxer, but the people around them know he 's going to become a better footballer because they 've seen him f- in on football, but he wants to be a boxer, so people around you sometimes could help you discover what you're gifted you 're gifted to um, your gifting is so calling usually is along the line of gifting now you don't need to be a christian to know your calling okay you because there's different ways of discovering your calling now but if you're a christian i would always tell you to ask god as well because he could give you that inspiration quicker than most people would um i did this with my son i actually encouraged him to speak to god ask god in prayer to find out what his calling is. Uh, It's interesting that after spending a day in prayer and he came back to me, I told him, find out your calling, write it down and let's discuss it. And so my son went away, came back, wrote it down and said, I think I I know what my calling is. And he told me what his calling is. He believes his calling is to be a singer-songwriter. And when he said that, I said, it's not a, it's no, it's not, it's like, uh, duh. <laughs> the reason I say that is because my son from age one was already in tune with music. Age one, I have video. We have videos of him playing already drums in tune. Uh, we never. My son never sang off all the days of his life. Every time we're in the car at age one, two, as long as immediately he started singing, he's he's always singing in tune. He sings, he will pick up the different parts of every tune. So that's a natural gift, natural gift that he has. So I wasn't, I'm not shocked that when he asked God, he said, God told me, this is my calling. Now, it doesn't mean that he knows the purpose, okay? This is very interesting. It doesn't mean that he knows exactly the purpose. He knows the calling. He knows he needs to be a singer-songwriter, but he actually doesn't know necessarily why Because maybe he could start using it for other reasons. And this is why purpose slightly, I'll answer that question different when it comes to purpose. So how do you discover your purpose? Oh, you go to the manufacturer. You cannot cannot know purpose without going to the manufacturer. That's just a simple, basic answer to that. I know this is where the rubber hits the road. If you're not a Christian, you might not like me right now. So maybe put a plug in your ear or just listen and learn. We are created by God. And I know people vary in their opinions on this. But it's important to know why. Why am I here? Why do I exist? Why? As in, if, if, it's, if I came from, the, from nothing, then nothing needs to explain to me why he, he decided to make me. But as Christians, we know we didn't come from nothing. We came from God. And so it's a lot more easier for Christians to find out their purpose because you could go back to your maker and find out why he made you. And another basic simple way for those Christians to understand their purpose is to stick to look at the Word of God. The Word of God has the meaning of life in it. And those of us who teach the Word of God find it easier to know what life's purpose is. What's the meaning of life? You know, there's this famous saying by uh, the wisest man who ever lived on earth, according to the Bible, who is King Solomon. I don't know if you know him or heard of him. There's a saying by King Solomon, I think in in Ecclesiastics chapter, I think it's chapter 12. If I'm wrong, bear with me. Um, He said something there. He says, at the end of it all, after all is said and after all is done, the whole purpose of man is to fear God and worship him. The whole purpose of every human being is to worship God, is to serve his purpose. So in other words, we can only find out our true purpose if we discover God's purpose. And so many people will find their calling. This is important. Many people will know their calling. They will even leave their calling. And leaving your calling is good because it gives you a sense of fulfillment. Because you're you're working in your area of gifting. I bet if you're a musician, I bet if you go and ask Michael Jaskin, he will feel like he lived his purpose or he lived his calling. Why? Because he wrote music and touched so many people's lives. It doesn't necessarily mean he fulfilled his life's purpose, but at least he fulfilled his calling. And I'm making a very, very clear separation between these two things. Knowing your calling is important But knowing the reason why you're called to do that
1: is even much more important. So you mentioned just now about your son wanted to be a musician. Mm. And from the age of one, he would always be singing. With the information you have right now, share your story, how you're helping your son become a musician by understanding his purpose and his calling. Thank you. Um This is where uh, I, as a father,
0: sometimes you have to also keep learning and adapting to be not <laughs> to be a father means to be a leader. Um And not always do we fathers lead. Sometimes we just, we just instruct and, um, and we just give them directions and say, do this, do that, and and, and then we're off. And we don't care how they're doing it. So, so I had to start learning personally as a person, as a father, to lead my son. I find it, I'll be frank with our audience, it's a lot more easier to lead sometimes even people out there than to lead your own family and, 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 and to lead your own children. And sometimes many people have led countries, but failed in marriage and failed in in their children and failed in every other thing uh, many great men great leaders we celebrate today their children they couldn't lead their children so it's a tough one I'll be honest um, but it, it it calls for that learning that we were talking about so let me go back to the specifics of the question I lead my child now my son by by st- sitting down with him. He's only 15, and I sit down with him. I looked at the way he's leading his life and, and, and realized that the way he's leading his life is not heading towards his calling or what he's supposed to be um, doing. Now, the Bible does talk, talk to us where there's no vision, the people perish. It means that when people don't have clear vision or purpose in life, they waste time. And so that's why I started challenging my son. Write down your calling. Find out what it is. Let's have a conversation. And we did that. So that was just step one. So after that step one, we had to set the next step. Next step is we meet for mentoring program. <laughs> it's not always that simple. I find it easy to mentor other people, but to sit down and, with a 15-year-old to have a mentoring session is a lot of learning curve for me. <laughs> my dad didn't do it. If my dad did it for me, then it would have been a lot more easier. And this is why... It's good to have people who have gone ahead of us do the things right. So I have to learn on the go. Anyway, I sit with my son, and we have set goals. Um, part of those goals involve, he, he, you know, he set his own target. I get him to choose the target he wants, and I'm just there making sure he's meeting those targets. Most times he's more focused on trying to play game, and I'm there trying to hold him accountable to his own words, you know, um, uh, because I didn't get his permission, I won't reveal details of his targets, but it does involve him um, doing what he is called to do. If you're called to be a songwriter, then write a song. Um, if you're called to be a singer-songwriter, then you have to produce a music, you have to produce an album, you have to produce a, an EP or something like that. And so those reasonable targets, and of course... Those kind of things will involve research and collaborations with other groups of people and then i'm happy that when I saw him yesterday, he was telling me he's been all day i didn't i had to i didn't i wasn't the one connecting him uh with this, but I did inspire him and all day yesterday he was on the phone with another young fellow like him, and they are working on production and how to learn to produce and things like that so he is heading there, although it's slow. But I, with time, over time, it will pick up pace and momentum will kick in, and and uh, the 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 principle of multiplication will kick in, and he it becomes his lifestyle, and that changes his focus on you know games and things like that, and and he starts seeing um, the fruit of what he's doing. Becomes a joy for him So uh, that's what I'm doing at the moment But I have to be honest It's not easy If your father didn't train you that way um, You just had to learn it on the go And this is why people like us Talk about the Holy Spirit quite a lot There's the Holy Spirit God in me that is helping me Do these things I didn't
1: have anyone teach me this And I think it's so commendable that you you are showing your son the true passion and how he can achieve his purpose his calling and his true path in life you mentioned just now king james how you find leading your son more difficult than leading someone You don't know. And I'm really interested in how and why you should say that statement.
0: I'll answer it because Jesus said the same thing. Jesus struggled with his own people. Um, (laughs) Jesus uh, couldn't heal people from his village. He couldn't heal his own brothers. Um, They didn't even follow him. It was much, much later in his life that his brothers, actually almost after his death, that his own brothers followed him but They didn't follow him, and he was older than all of them, but they didn't he couldn't mentor them they had to listen to his disciples not or join much much later it's It's a familiarity kind of a thing sometimes that causes that that's one of it um but i've I've mentioned one of it is sometimes we don't know how to in the first place because we were not taught that way um but that's one side the other side of that is why we find it easier to lead other people than our own immediate family is that familiarity thing. Your own family see your failures and mistakes and flaws, and so they disregard that. So sometimes when you lead people outside your family, they don't always see your failures and flaws and mistakes. Now, this is an important thing. Unfortunately, we are in a world that people don't want to follow a flawed leader, even though he's leading well. Okay, so people want a superhero. We want a Superman. That's why we like Marvel these days. Um, Superman, with no mistake, he doesn't ever make any mistake. And so um, we struggle to follow people who we know have flaws. Um, And so, and and that's going to be a struggle always. Whenever people know your mistakes and your failures and they stop respecting what you're saying, you know, they're almost like physicians fix yourself. So your words of wisdom means nothing anymore, even though there's wise statement in what you're saying. But as long as they could see, it's like, for example, put it this way. If you're fat and you're in a gym and you're trying to train people who are in the gym to to run and be slim, uh, even though what you're saying is right, even though you're telling them the right things to do, as long as they're looking at you with your one pack, big stomach sticking out, they're finding it hard to follow. So they need a six-pack person, you know, to be telling them what to do. So that's the kind of way we are. And what that has done is that it's created inauthent- leaders that are not really authentic. Okay, so we've created pretending kind of leaders. So leaders have to now pretend to be good when they're not really good in order to really lead. So you hide your flaws, you hide your mistakes, you hide your failures so that your people you're following have to follow you. But I think that's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to be real and authentic with the people that we are leading. And they will get it in the end that even if you make a mistake, as long as you're humble enough, and this is why, going back to what we talked about earlier, that thing about humility, as long as you're humble enough to admit your mistakes, they will finally say, you know what, he's not all that but I cannot deny that what he's saying is true. And that's a, a better way. So the answer to your question directly is, is because of um, lack of, they're not familiar with you and so they find it easier to follow your words of wisdom and the things that you're doing as well. But those who are familiar
1: with you struggle. So what's the solution when your family do see your flaws?
0: It's to be honest and humble. Uh, that's, that's why I just finished by saying, going back to that original thing, be humble, don't pretend to be Superman when you're not um, uh, your family will know that, if you come out and you pretend, for example, if I say to my son, oh why don't you just go and practice to play piano and then, and he's like, but dad you don't also practice and I'm like, shut up and go and do it you know, that's, that's not going to help him eventually I should at that moment say, you're right you are absolutely right. I don't practice. But please do not disregard what I said because it's for your own good. So by that humility and accepting the truth, your family can deal with it. It's the same with your husband and wife. If a, if a wife brings a correction to a husband and the husband is trying to deny the fact, your wife will not have respect for you. Um, but if you can admit the truth and say, yes, yes I, yes, I always leave that toilet seat open, but that doesn't change the fact that we should save money. So you admit where you're you're flawed, admit it, and then still bring correction. People will follow you. But
1: if you deny your failures and mistakes, no one will listen to you. You know, that's a really fascinating subject and a really good place to start bringing our podcast show to an end today because the hour is coming up wow it 's been wow. a fascinating conversation. Time has just flown by. How can our listeners hear more from you, King James oh, yes, thank you um,
0: i do it, I, I, uh, My primary work is uh, to lead a church called Fever House Church here in Canterbury. Uh, at the moment, we are fully online because we're still looking for a, a new venue since the pandemic. Uh, we had to change our way of worship, and then we've believed that we should let go of the venue we are using to go to a bigger venue and a better venue. Um, so we're looking for a venue in Canterbury, but we are nevertheless, we are online. So if anyone wants to find us and follow Favor House Church, find us at favorhousechurch.com. That's F-A-V-O-U-R, House and uh, um, house as in where you live <laughs> so h o u s e com, and also you can check us out on youtube the same title feverhouse church on youtube or facebook the same title Favor House church um and you follow us also on twitter so that's where we stream live our services every sunday morning 10:30 a.m. but for those who are physical who want to be join us physically on living around canterbury we do have a monthly meeting at saint andrew's church called healing wings and this is a meeting just a worship meeting where we believe people come who are sick in their body they come and receive healing and we have testimonies of people being healed in those meetings we've only had one with testimonies of all kinds of um healing so we want to encourage people i'm not the one that heals god is the one that heals we just do what we believe he wants us to do. So at St Andrews on on the fourth of September, um, three um, sorry five PM at the at St Andrews Church Canterbury, we will be there physically, um, and that's how we people can connect with me. I also host a show on Thursdays, like you mentioned earlier, uh, called Life Insight on Thursdays, seven PM UK time.
1: Yeah. And if there was one special tip you would like to share with our listeners this evening today, what would that be? I'll
0: stick to the subject that we're talking about today. We're talking about knowing your calling and finding out your purpose for life. I believe there's only way one way you could do that: Go to the manufacturer. For me to know how a car works and go to the dealer. For me to know how um, my camera works, I call Canon. If you want to know how the human life works, go to the man that made the human being. And that's God himself. I think man trying to find that life's purpose without God, is a futile effort. And so we're going to end up coming up with all kinds of purposes that we think is our purpose. Some good sometimes. So it's mostly like a hit and miss. And some very, very detrimental. If you don't believe me, ask Hitler. He believes that's his life purpose, to wipe out so many other people. And so it's a hit and miss when people don't ask God their life's purpose. So I want to leave one tip. Look to God. Come to Jesus. Believe in Jesus. And he will give you that sense of purpose in life.
1: And he will call you to fulfill Your life's purpose. And on that note, King James, thank you so much for sharing your story on the Michael Crane.live podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have a business story to share, please reach out and contact us on Michael at Michael
0: Crane.live. To hear more stories from entrepreneurs and business leaders, make sure you hit the subscribe button on itunes and spotify so you never miss an episode we look forward to having you back for our next podcast show thank you